Thank you, I sir. I can't see how much it is. So. Ah, that smells nice. everyone i'm ryan and this is steve and this is 60 cycle hum the guitar buying selling trading money fixing breaking reviewing playing podcast that's true steve we're doing something dumb. new and dumb and different this episode you know how sometimes i forget to take the click track off of the episode because GarageBand automatically does that when i transfer the audio over to the audio feed and then i have to go back and correct it well steve and i decided it would be fun to record with a click track in our ears. Correction. You decided it would be fun, and I thought it was stupid enough to go to go along with it. <laughs> so right now, we are listening to a click track. I, I'm not going to put it in for you guys to hear, but we sure can hear it. This is us paying, at a steady 95 beats paying per penance right now. Let me pull up the app. 95 beats per minute, yeah. So anyways, this first topic... Oh my gosh, is this going to be so distracting that we can't... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be so distracting that we can't function sometimes. And then sometimes we're going to fall into a beat and our, and our speaking and our sentences is going to be on a beat. Maybe it'll keep us from interrupting ourselves because we'll be on a beat and know when to give each other breaks. But the problem is, is I'm always going to leave a rest. Oh, Ryan, stop. Two, three, four. So anyway... Um, this is what you know. White people hear in their heads every time they dance at a wedding. All right, this <laughs> <laughs> the first topic suggestion was sent by Nick Orman on our group. If you're on the Facebook group, uh, usually every other Thursday we do a call out for topics and ads and things like that. If you want to contribute topics and ads to this podcast the facebook group is the place to be uh nick asked talk about signal chain theory for a person just getting into pedals and building their first pedal board we've probably covered this sort of thing before that's okay but it's not we've you know there's all we've been doing a guitar show for eight years we're going to do the same stuff over and over again and also we might have new fresh thoughts on it i don't even remember what i might have said if we did this two years ago three years you know ago, what six here's, months ago really here's what i'll say People don't want us to repeat topics. Uh, Give what, us new what, topics. What they can do is they can send us $5 million and we'll split it because $2.5 million is about how much money you have to invest to live off of the interest for the rest of your life. All right. Anyway. Steve has figured this out. So Steve, no, is, you're just saying that if you want us to quit, that's how you get us to quit by giving us money. Giving us so much money that we can just live off of the interest after we invest it. But then we'll have all this free time to make content. So. Dude, would, if would you I, really quit? If I don't have to work, I'm not going to work. But I could see myself still making like one video a week because yeah, yeah, I yeah. do I do enjoy it. I'm not saying there would be no con like it's not like we podcast anything, for the money. If anything, the, the podcast could get better. Yeah. I do one video a week for fun. We do the podcast midday when we feel like it. Everything could get a lot better. I don't know. Give us give us 5 million dollars, guys. That's got to be after taxes too. So we're really talking about like $8 million. We're getting to the end of the year and both of us are fantasizing about large sums of money for some reason. <laughs> so anyways, uh, here's my big question with this, Steve. Mm -hmm. What are your, I mean, it's easy to figure out 
fuzz at the fir- at the beginning of the chain. Mm-hmm. No brainer mm-hmm. because of buffers and things like that. And also like like anything you put before a fuzz is just going to get obliterated anyways. Right. So what's the point? And then, you know, certain effects like delays, reverbs, even modulation, like volume modulations, like tremolos and choruses and stuff like that. No brainer. They have a home safe and sound at the end of your signal chain. Mm-hmm. In my mind, where things get really squirrely is in this overdrive distortion sort of range. Because there's a school of thought of overdrives before distortions there's a school of thought of overdrives after distortions. Like I very commonly run a, a DOD 250 at the end of my dirt chain to filter everything that comes before it to act like a dirty amp. Right. But then right. typically with like a tube screamer, you're putting that before high gain distortions to add compression and creaminess and that that tight fizz mm-hmm. that feeds mm-hmm. into distortions before it. You know, I think that's one of those things where it's like, do you, if it's somebody's, you know, first pedal board and they're, they're buying their first pedals or whatever, do you even really want to get into like, they ask for a signal chain theory. And I feel like if, uh, you know, drives, if, uh, you know, fuzz at the beginning of your chain, uh, modulation after drives is signal chain 101, I feel like stacking is like a 102. I mean, you know, like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. Stacking overdrives is a more advanced college class on pedal train on pedal board order. But, you know, there there is a place for modulations at the beginning of your chain too. like course before dirt sounds really good. Mm -hmm. Phaser classically phaser can go before distortion. Yeah. Like if like with modulations like that, courses, phasers, flangers, whatnot. I did up the uh, the BPM, Steve. I took us up to 100. You so say, if you're feeling is it a little flanger, bit, somebody complained about flange. the way you say it. It's pronounced flange. Flange it. <laughs> flange it. Do, 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 do. When you're riding like, right along, you must flange it. A modulation at, after your dirts, like it's gonna right. That's gonna hard filter your dirts. A modulation before your dirts is gonna be more like. Like it's pushing the dirt around in weird ways, yeah, and like, yeah. it, like it's gonna feel like, oh, that's distortion, but there's something happening underneath it. It's gonna mm-hmm, be more mm-hmm. subtle. So it's like if you want your modulations to be really dramatic, you put them after dirt. If you want them to be more so- subtle and more like adding like a third dimension to your tone, you put them before. Like a lot of people don't realize, like they listen to Van Halen and they're like, oh man, that's just like, you know, a hot humbucker into a hot plexi sort of thing, and deeply, deeply hot. A lot of times he's got a flanger or a phaser hitting that mm-hmm. hot plexi. You know, he uses modulation pretty often, but it's going into distortion. I can't, th- I honestly can't think of any hard, fast rules. Like you can't do that. You well, shouldn't the thing do is, it's not about, one order over another. It's not about, I mean, there is a classic, like if you were, I'll do it right now. You go on, you go on the Googs and you say, on uh, the Googs? Pedal, uh, pedal order. Pedal order, just pedal order. Signal chain 101. This is an article from Reverb. And uh, this was a tone report feature published in 2016. Uh, And first thing first. Oh, we forgot about this. First thing first, tuner. Yeah, yeah. Tuner is smart to have first because it's, you know, it, you don't, I've had the experience that tuners can get confused Mm -hmm. if you're hitting it with, 
a, a signal that's affected too much, you've got a bunch of yep. fuzz or distortion on your signal, it can be great to have that tuner mute later in your mm -hmm. signal, but it can get confused if you've got too much going on it, before it. Which is interesting because like uh, on my boards uh, that I'm using to run uh, direct, I get or not direct when I'm running into an amp, I actually usually put my tuner after my drives. Um, so if I need to just, I, I use it kind of like as a silent switch if I need to. And then I'm, now I'm using the HX stomp and I put the HX stomp, I use the HX stomp tuner, but I'm using it with pedals. So I do have to be careful. Right. Like to make sure I, I, I found that I can usually leave a reverb on because honestly, I'm never going for like extreme precision. And I found that even on like the course tuning with the HX stomp, it's still very, like yeah, it's touchy. Be fine. So as oh, long he said touchy, I thought he was gonna say it was gonna be fine. No, it's fine. I'm saying the tuners, the tuner on course, the tuner on like normal mode is like super touchy. Oh, okay. And on course mode, it's still pretty touchy. So I think most people go like, well, I can never get the thing to stay stay in the middle. But if I'm if I've got like a modulated reverb that I forgot to turn off or whatever, I'm what I'm just gonna look at is I hit the note and I'm watching the thing go back and forth. Well, if it spends about equal time on both sides of center, then I'm like, well, the average is there, so I'm, I'm fine. Do you ever find yourself disagreeing with the tuner? No, because my ears aren't that good. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, you say it's in tune, but I don't know. That feels a little sour to me, and I'll and I'll tweak a little bit sharper flat to like my own personal taste. All right, I'm going to go through the entire reverb list. People so are like, that explains so much, so, Ryan. So while I'm going through it, you tell me... Sure. So, no, just save it up. Save it totally because I want to get through the whole thing. Okay. Tuner, wah, yeah. Compressor, mm. pitch shifter. So they're saying octave, whammy. Wow. Uh, At this point, I'll be surprised if they drop a fuzz in there. The next one is uh, now they say down and dirty. Now it's funny is they have a picture of a Frantone peach fuzz. Wow. Uh, but they actually. Then the article says, on my board, I run a Marshall in a box type platform pedal for rhythm. Oh, and then stack a fuzz into it. So they actually run a Marshall into a fuzz. Interesting. So but they have a compressor before the fuzz. Yeah. Um, like wah before fuzz makes sense to me. I'm not, I'm not a compressor user most of the time. So that, that sounds a little wild to me. Like I wouldn't, I would never run a compressor and a, and a fuzz at the same time, hmm. but the conventional wisdom in my head is that if there's a buffer in that compressor at all, then you would want it after the fuzz, no matter what. Well, it's kind of, it depends on the fuzz, but I guess it's true. Uh, then, a then a noise. I hate this oh my list. Gosh. Uh, I just pulled this up randomly. A noise suppressor. I don't hate it because there's a noise suppressor. I hate it because of what comes after the noise, uh, noise suppressor, which is a boost pedal. Uh, then a volume, what the, f a volume pedal. No, the volume pedal makes sense after all that. The boost before the volume pedal doesn't make sense. If you're running an independent booster of some kind, this would be an ideal spot for it. Assuming you want to increase. I mean, I guess I get it. Like you're running your drive and then if you want to take your drive signal and make yeah, it louder, I guess that is, that is an, no, old like, like if you, if you have the boost on intending to push your amp into edge of breakup then I guess it makes sense to have the volume after because then you can blend in mm -hmm. that edge of breakup. It also depends on what kind of boost you're using. 
uh, because if you're using like so a all, dirty boost or a clean boost, well, not thing. even that. Like the boost, all, the my preferred style of boost is like the Zvex super hard on that does like a big change to the impedance of your signal, and it kind of adds this like sheen on top of it. It's kind of in my head the way I would describe it is it's like the difference between like a matte finish paint versus like a semi-gloss paint. Like Mm. technically it's the same color, but there's like a little more like mid high presence to it. Right. Like I have, Uh, I have boosts that definitely color the sound a little bit in a preamp sort of way. Like the, the bifat, uh, the DOD bifat boost, mm -hmm. like definitely gives you a bit of a, a preamp kind of filtering sort of thing that I think is very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. All right. So, so we got boost and then volume. Uh, place after your drives and boost, a volume pedal will give you complete control of your. So I, yeah, I completely yeah. agree with the placement of the volume pedal. A lot of people put them put the volume pedal first or put it before drives. No, I, I actually split it. So I put one. Uh, I usually will put a drive pedal, maybe two drive pedals, and then my volume pedal, and then one drive pedal afterwards. I I use the volume on my guitar before the pedals. Mm, I don't need a pedal go. before my drives. Uh. Then after this, we're talking about getting into modulation, but this is like, uh, we're talking about vibratos and choruses. He says, like I said, chorus, phaser, Mm -hmm. flange, you put that before your dirt for a different style of effect. So you could swap those in and out. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, like if I use modulation on my board, I almost always have tremolo near the end almost always have chorus sandwiched in between mm-hmm. some dirt so I can have chorus after dirt or before dirt. And then if I have like phaser, then that's usually before all the way before dirt. Yeah. So what's interesting is that again, they mention trim, trim, like all the mods here, but there is a side note that says, if you want the classic black faced opto trend, you have to run the tremolo later in the chain. Yeah. No, if you're trying to mimic an amplifier trim, then you, yeah, you run it after reverb. Right. At the right. end. That's just what you do. Uh, and then, so then a uh, delay, then a buffer. I'm okay. Well, yeah. I mean, um, if you're, if you're a buffer person, then yeah, you run bu- buffers at the end, sometimes at the beginning, I think too. Oh, so I guess they put delays and reverb together. And then it says traditional approaches delay first and reverb second, but there are some who prefer reverb first. That's me. Uh, so if you're doing like a more traditional where you just want everything to wash out, usually you're going to do reverb after delay. Right. Um, I am kind of confused at putting a buffer. They're saying a buffer at either end. I feel like most people, well, with this sophistication of single chain, you probably don't even need a buffer. If I mean, you, as long I put as something buff- is always on. I put a buffer in between every single pedal. <laughs> That's not true. I if you I, have a boss to you too, you've already got a buffer. Right. I I don't own a standalone buffer pedal, but if I'm listening to my signal, I'm like, oh man, something is getting crushed, which typically isn't. Mm-hmm. I usually run about a dozen pedals, and I'm usually not having an issue. But if I am having an issue, then I just look at my board and I'm like, well, I got to get a boss pedal on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. They do name some. They do name some rule exceptions, like trying delay before distortion. Uh, delay before distortion is tough because in my experience, it's really easy to, I mean, can we, can we assume put a delay before distortion, just have it wash out? Um, can we assume that any pedal that's not true bypass is a buffered pedal? I think it's a 
pretty fair assumption. So if you've got a pedal that's got a soft switch on it of any variety, there's a really good chance it's a buffer, right? I'm not sure because that now you're talking about like... Um, I guess there is relay true bypass. Like, yeah. So, But I, like you'll be able... Like if you can look at your pedals and if you don't know if one's true bypass, you could look it up and be like, is this pedal true bypass? I promise you there will be... 1400 articles and posts on the gear page and wherever else of people fighting mm-hmm. about, you know, why it's true bypass or not true bypass. And you'll find out immediately if it is or isn't, yeah. but so, if it is, if it's not true bypass, there's a really, really good chance it has a buffer. So overall, what do you think of this list? Do you think it's yeah, that's fine? Fair. I think for, if you're playing like normal music and you want to have an idea of where to start, that's right. fine. I mean, there's, you know, it's, you can get as creative as you want. Like try stuff. If you're starting out, make a racket experiment. Like yeah. you, treat your pedal board like a synth with all the cables and you're constantly rearranging everything. Put delay in front of a fuzz, put mm-hmm. reverb in front of a distortion, put chorus before a wall, like, like mix it up, like get creative, get crazy. You might find a sound that you like. Didn't, uh, didn't the guy from Pink Floyd, didn't he run a wah backwards? He plugged into the output and ran out of the input, and that's how he made, like, seagull sounds or something like that. Like That sound? Somebody did that. I don't I'm pretty sure it was, it was, uh, it was. why can't I remember his name? David Gilmore. I'm pretty sure David Gilmore did that. Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I usually am. But <laughs> try crazy stuff. Plug in backwards. Try orders that don't make any sense to anyone. Stack things that shouldn't be stacked. You might find some sound that does something for you. You might find something that breaks loose some, you know, creativity in your mind. Like, well, I I don't have a use for that, but now I'm thinking in that space and maybe I'll have a use for it someday. Like you don't, pedals are supposed to be fun and dangerous. Guitars are supposed to be fun and dangerous. Do dangerous stuff. Break the rules. Uh oh, Steve is upping the tempo. Ten beats per minute faster, Steve. Um, he, Steve really wants to wrap up this episode. We're going one ten so, now. So Strymon also, both Earthquaker and Strymon also had articles on it to different things. Everyone kind of says the same thing. Your dy- dynamic, so your your compressors, wah, pitch shifters. They actually say volume pedals first, and then your gains, uh, modulation time and then volume they actually say maybe a volume pedal at the at the beginning or the end and it is different functionality so that is you know i think that's a big thing that it's not too early to start thinking about uh as a first timer right so approaching this like a first timer is is trying to figure out like like you said like do you want if you put your uh do you want a dirty chorus or do you want a chorus dirty right Right. so that's a good way to put it and it's it sounds obtuse until you're like, well, do I want more of a chorus sound? If you want more chorus, then you're going to put it after your distortion. If you want less chorus, like you want that to whatever your output from your chorus to be like chopped up in har- like a lot of harmonics built off of your signal going up and down, uh, your pitch going up and down, then you want to put it before, before your drive. Like I said, I'm a boost early guy, but I understand, you know, if you if you're looking for like a straight lead boost, you want to put it later. Maybe you still put it before your modulation. Um, I run my compressor right now off of my HX stomp, which is coming last in my chain. So I'm actually running. Technically, I'm running uh, kind of two chains because I've got my pedal board 
But the reason I run my compressor on my HX Stomp is so I can kind of get away with less fidgeting with my pedal board. So uh, because I run uh, multiple drives, I don't have to be as precise with dialing in unity gain on every single drive right. pedal. I can rely a little bit more on the compressor, particularly because like when I have nothing going and I'm just running clean signal or, or at least a cleaner signal, um, the compressor is going to, again, it's, it, I use, I use the compressor right now. as like a forgiveness tool, which isn't really what it's for, but it, it, it works I, in that capacity. I use, when I use a compressor, I use it before overdrives and distortions as a sustaining tool. Mm, mm -hmm. I never use it as like, oh, I'm going to level out my signal or I'm going to bring up my highs and squash my lows. And, you know, I'm I'm not using it as a dynamic controller. I'm using it to get singing compression, singing sustain into drive pedals. Gotcha. But then, like, every time I make a recording... I put studio style compression over the top of that. Right. But in a live scenario, I'm going to leave that to the guy at the soundboard to decide if I need compression in -hmm. that way, you know? So I'm very much a a compression before dirt guy. And there's people who like to run compression after their dirt, which is fine too. It can fatten things up. It can also kind of like, you know, make everything tighter Mm -hmm. and squishier. Like there's the very funky style of compression, like that the hard MXR uh, red box sort of compression, as you know, getting you that hard tic tac funky sort of squish, mm-hmm. as that you can use as an effect. But I tend to go really subtle with my compression. Um, is there anything? We're going up to one fifteen. <laughs> is there anything in it that you feel like? Uh you would maybe you would recommend doing that uh, you think is a little, maybe a little off the beaten path. Hmm. I mean, I I've been having a lot of fun splitting into stereo for a while now, since using the two Princeton's rig. Mm-hmm. Do I do that in the podcast? Do I put the graphic up now? <laughs> do you have to play the, do you have to play the MIDI? I really love, running dirt pedals, especially fuzzes in parallel after a stereo split. Mm -hmm. So running into two amps with two different fuzz pedals or two different dirt pedals, it does magical things. It it makes it so much fatter and heavier and like all that loose grit on one side mixing with the loose grit on this side and they combine together and it's like, it's still loose grit, it's still Velcro grit but it's more of it and it's doubled on top of each other in ways that clash and move around organically. Like I love that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So if you have the ability to experiment in stereo, I really recommend it. Like when you think stereo, you think like, Oh, we're going to do a ping pong delay. That's going to go back and forth. Like, yeah, you can do that. But just for like fattening up your signal, even if you mix that back into mono, if you're recording, it can be so much fun and it can sound super, super good and running wet dry mixes. Sounds really, really good. The last time I ran my my Fender Outboard Spring Reverb unit as a wet dry mix, one amp dry, one amp with the reverb. Oh, it sounded heavenly. So I really recommend if you have the ability to run stereo, either with two amps or running into a recording or something like that, experiment with that because wild things can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say 
I guess two things. One, um, with any kind of modulation pedal you have, I wouldn't necessarily do this with drives. I think you can uh, get a pretty good feel. I mean, you should probably do it with drives too. Like, try just listen at least once to what. Well, one, I guess the one the the thing is with any pedal. I like to start with everything at noon just to kind of see where we're at and adjust each thing. But try every knob maxed out. Like, not maybe not. Well, uh, sure, try every knob all maxed out all at once, too. But, like, just to kind of see what that range looks like, just to kind of be like, what does a chorus sound like at 10? What does yeah. it sound like with the rate at 10, with the yeah. rate at zero, with the, with the depth at 10? Uh, a classic thing with trams, you know, we talked about a uh, boost or whatever. Like, there are a lot of uh, trem pedals on the market that, have a volume knob and that volume knob is because there's like a basic preamp inside of it. And so if you have a trim and you take the, uh, the either the rate or the, or the, usually the rate or the depth, one of yeah. the two, depending on which one actually I'm goes to for zero, depth. probably depth. Um, and you set that to zero, like all the way down, then now you've basically got a boost pedal. And, right. and some people really like that. Uh, there's at least one, um, I think it's the Caroline Icarus is uh the preamp i want to say out of the meteore but i'm not mm. i'm not 100 percent on that but it is the preamp off of like one of the modulation time-based whatever effects so that's us and or in the classic boost is the is the echoplex right the, right the ep booster so it's a thing that people do uh so try that out you might get some cool sounds you might you know you might not uh the other thing that i used to do a lot when i had a wall and i and I liked wall and I, I had trouble replicating this later on. So I, I guess I just had some magic moment where in my head guitar sounded good when I played it. Uh, most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Maybe. Um, but I used to run wall into delay where I would try to like just rock with like oh, the yeah. delay time. And it sounded like this really cool That's like fun. synthesizer-y uh, like if, like as if like just going through like a chord, like a just arpeggiating a basic chord or whatever, um, but doing like each wall pump as you're going through the thing, like do 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 do, and then the way the delays would layer on top of each other just sounded kind of like an arpeggiator on a synth. I'm gonna have to do that, and, in church and that sounds really. Cool. It's it's I, I used to do that in church all the time for yeah. like for like uh, kind of like more ambient spatial stuff where you don't you didn't necessarily want to do the whole right right but getting like yeah and it's cool and it just kind of trails off yeah that would be fun another thing about wah is you know it's just like the modulations and stuff you put a chorus behind dirt and you're chorusing the dirt you put it before dirt and you're dirting the chorus if you put wah before dirt there's actually a pretty decent boost happening with a lot of wah pedals especially oh yeah with crybabies like it it gets loud and so after drives that can be a little bit problematic because you are are you gonna ice pick yourself to death when you get on that toe position and it's gonna be really really loud and you're gonna be filtering dirt coming through it but you put it before dirt and it gets kind of magical because now you're boosting into the dirt and it's getting bright on that tote position, but the dirt is filtering it and mm. picking up extra gain on that tote position. So it's going to get really nice and distorted 
on the toe position right. of a wall, right. which is a lot of fun. But like, if you want that hard funk, like that shaft funk, a crybaby after mm-hmm. a little bit of dirt is like all the way wall, like a hundred percent wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the purest wall you can imagine that you, you meant- just slices your face off. You mentioned like the toe, the toe down into gain thing. And that's, you know, that is the, uh, that's the first, that's like the first verse on like a ton of pop punk songs. Right. 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 Where it's like that's super the, nasal. Yeah. It's the super nasal filtered guitar sound and it's just a toe down wall or like a, or maybe like a half cocked wall. You know, something like that. So toe down wah sounds like some sort of party like people would go to in the country. You want to meet up at the toe down wall? <laughs> sounds like a hoe down, but it, it sounds but like some the, sort of it's with your toe. Appalachian. I know people are trying App, to. It's Appalachian. Appalachian. People are trying to correct how it's said. It, it's it's uh, a yeah, Appalachian. I'm sorry, I can never I for, remember. I forgot about this. Don't I, I mix got, your whiskey with this gin. Is, this is uh, this is for Joe. This is for Joe. Oh my gosh. Just for, Branton? Yeah. The Jinski. The Jinski. All these guitar nerds fans know what's up. Oh it's man. It smells like gin more than whiskey. It's probably not an even it's not probably not an even enough mix. I think Joe mixes like a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of gin and then just keeps that around. I don't like it. I don't like that. I I can I like that gin by itself, but mixed with whiskey, I don't like that. That is odd. Yeah. But it's also a scotch, not so it's a little different. But anyway. So anyways, experiment. Have fun. I mean the stuff we said experiment and have fun. The stuff we said earlier is like normal signal path sorts of stuff. But there's a lot of creative things you can do. Like boosts, like that the the reverb article said boosts after drives and before Mm -hmm. volume. Yeah, that works. But if you want to make your overdrives extra, extra dirty, put a boost before it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an, it's like an extra gain gain stage in there. And you, you can know? use a boost. Yeah, you can use a boot you can use a boost to not boost, right? No, you can use it to cut. You can use it to cut, but in that you case, can use it as a mute. And what you're describing is using a boost to boost into a drive and so probably you're going to end up taking your drive and and bringing that down. Right, you know? right. Uh, and, uh, Walrus sells um that boost that is basically two filtered uh, ranges like there's a mid range and a high range boost the, on it. Was it the EP? The emissary. The oh, emissary. The emissary. Yeah. And that's a great example of a boost that's meant to be before drives because you're going to push into drives to like do different filtered sounds and stuff like that. Right. Oh, another one more thing, an experimental thing. Something I really love doing mm-hmm. is mixing a drive pedal that's set to be really dark into a drive pedal that's set to be really bright and vice versa. And you get really creative, interesting things happening when you're mixing dark into bright and bright into dark. And it makes the signal extra creamy or extra crunchy in different ways. And it kind of synth-like sometimes. Like, that's a fun thing to experiment with. All right, you want to do an ad? Yeah, I want to do... Oh, it was just sent to us from Will Cobb. I found this in a 3D printed group. Discuss, you call this prequel guitar... Well, yeah, because it's a spaceship from the Star Wars. Somebody cool. combined Legos with a 3D printer and turned a Naboo Starfighter into a guitar. Yeah. Is it actually Lego 
it looks like the 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 dimples are too big to be actual Lego, and it's three D printed, so it's not actually. Oh, you Legos. think they three three D printed everything? Yeah, I think so. I don't think this is actual Lego. No, this is three D printed. You can see the texture right here. Right on that part, but what about on? Okay. No, but they printed that part. Okay. The whole okay. thing is three D printed, and I think certain parts of it clipped together because mm. they printed it as Lego pieces. But the scales way off for this to be Lego. It's not really Lego. Okay. I mean, it's Lego in design, but it's not made by Lego. Right. Someone took took the the Lego 3D printing file and they scaled it up to become a guitar. Okay. I don't hate it. I mean, I'm not a prequels fan. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a fan of the design of these ships from the prequels. But I don't hate it as a guitar. It, it looks like it'll probably work. I hate the placement of the knobs right behind the bridge like that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's going to suck. It's like... From an elect from an electronics wiring standpoint, you're kind of. Well, I'm just thinking about ergonomics, like no, having I your know. hand. I usually have my hand floating, right above or right behind or right on top of the bridge. Yeah, for easy muting. Well, did did you see where the three way switch is? It's like underneath. Uh oh, right. it's what? It's in that picture. Yeah. Oh the yeah. Well, that's above. It's pointing towards you. It's yeah. on the top side of the guitar. I'm going to end up flicking that with my belly. Like that's that's going to be a problem. Is There's, there is there a uh, is what is there a Star Wars ship that you think would ooh. make a better guitar? I mean, there's plenty of Millennium Falcon bases out there. Sure. Oh, look, we found the Rebel base. Right, right. We get it. It's a base. Um, I mean, like the Imperial cruisers and stuff are basically like ready to be a guitar shape they're flying v yeah they're all without just, the cut they're all just boss katanas right exactly <laughs> or not fender katanas right right i knew what you meant but they didn't you thank you for clarifying see yeah. i'll put up a picture so of you a fender like, katana. he said boss katana <laughs> idiot the boss katanas i am <laughs> what a dumbass um i don't know a, a lot of this Star Wars ships. Didn't we see? Didn't we see someone convert a, a Boba Fett ship toy into a guitar um, on the show maybe? one time? I'm sure if you Google Star Wars guitar, like you're gonna see that's it. what I'm doing right <laughs> a now. Bunch of ship guitars. Um, yeah, I'm having trouble thinking of ship designs that would work terribly well surprisingly star wars guitars just brings up a lot of guitars that have star wars things search for star wars ship guitar all we hear right now is the click no. track nope this is just pics and more pictures of boba fett see i don't want i don't really want this i don't want a star wars guitar that is just built into the shape of a ship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want a guitar that is themed after a ship and it's still a functional guitar shape. Like I would, I would rock the heck out of a guitar that was themed after one of the, the speeders from um, indoor in the forest. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like with saying theme, like themed theme, after it, theme it, like the look of it. Mm -hmm. And you know, like the, with the certain with appointments, the points and whatnot. Yeah. Points. And like, you know, what, what is that guitar company that makes everything out of aluminum tubing? Like one of those. Oh yeah. Converted. Yeah. When you get that long, like nose shape off of one of the speeder bikes. 
Well, did Ooh. you ever see the like it's color cinematic shape in the, mind the cower R two D twos? Uh, no, but I can imagine them. Can you show me one? Uh, let's see. Nope, I can't because cower R two D two does not come up with the. Oh, why is it on shopping? Maybe that's why I can't find anything. I'm looking at shopping. <laughs> one of my favorite Star Wars ships of all time. Is the uh, the the uh, as far as shapes go, and it would work as a guitar. Is the T forty seven? Oh, the little triangle. Oh, that one. Yeah, the, the from 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 Hoth when they're fighting on the yeah, ice planet. That would be a cool guitar. The ones that wrap the cable around the uh, the uh, the what are the at at walkers. Okay, here's one that actually works way too well. I thought about this, but I didn't think about it this much. It's oh. the B-Wing as a guitar. It kind of works. So you've got the long part uh, because it's a vertical ship, so that becomes the neck. No, the T-47, I think, is the best shape I have I can imagine right now. There's a whole lot of Millennium Falcons. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be. There needs to be a Millennium Falcon banjo. <laughs> this oh is so round. Like, look at this. Like, this, It wants to be a guitar. Look at that, guys. I'm sure I'll have a picture up. Like, you put the neck coming out the nose of it, and it becomes a guitar body in kind of like a Vox Phantom sort of way. And you can hang your strap off the little uh, the blaster coming off the front of it. I just always really admired that that spaceship design. Yeah. I, I would If I lived in Star Wars, I would be flying around one of those instead of an X-Wing. I can say that confidently. One of these? Yeah. But they don't leave the planet. Why can't they? I don't think they do. Why can an X-Wing leave the planet, but that can't? Because it's got the engines. But they, they, they have all sorts of small craft that can do. Yeah, but not that one. Light speed or whatever. Well, I'll retrofit it. I'll you're, get... You're going to have to make some modifications. Let's see. Yeah, it's an airspeeder. Oh, come on. It's not a, it's not a Every spacecraft. Every other ship can enter the atmosphere in Star Wars. Come on. Not once is Star Wars actual science fiction where they actually care what things can and can't do. It's all fantasy. Piloting this T-47 is like steering a block of wood, says Poe. Dameron. I don't care what Poe says. Where are the specifications on this? Wikipedia, you're letting me down. Wikipedia. What did they want for this guitar? It wasn't even an ad, There's was not it? Even an, it's, no, it's just something that was in like a... Uh, I bet they're selling the um, the 3D model. Oh, here we go. Here's the here's the specs. It's got uh, some Cardi repulsor lift engines and a Incom ion afterburner. We're up to 120 now. I just don't. I just don't think this thing will fine. get off the planet. You know man. what? You know what? I'm fine staying on planet. All right. I'm fine having that be my ship. And I stay on the planet. Okay. I don't need to zip around in an X-wing or. Why is it? Tie fighters are little and they can leave. They but yeah they can leave the planet but they don't have hyperdrives like this thing doesn't have a hyperdrive. But mean, it I can't leave the planet at all. It can't go into space up to a to a. a a base or a starch? I guess not. Like a big ship? I don't know, man. I don't make the rules. <laughs> Maybe it's just not airtight. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you leave the atmosphere and you just die. It's it not real. Star Wars people. 
can it's not real t47s leave the planet you have to be specific which planet oh my gosh are t 40s are the t47 airspeeders episode five on planet hoth able to fly in space 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 in a similar yeah fly in space in a similar manner to a spacecraft. Now I want Mike Tyson to be in a Star Wars movie. The canon reference book lists the flight ceiling of the modified T-47 airspeeder as 175 meters. What? Uh, however, in an earlier fact book, it was originally listed as 175 kilometers. So that's... Uh, that's space. But this says it can only go 650 kilometers per hour, which isn't very fast. You don't have to go very fast. You just have to have the thrust to go up. And every planet's different. Like This says it could only get up to 250 meters. Every planet has a different atmosphere, has a different gravitational pull. You can't tell, like, you can't tell me that a ship can't leave a planet. I believe in it. I believe it can leave the planet. I mean, I guess technically, wasn't it in... in, in uh, Star Trek Voyager episode, the old 47s where they found a truck in space. <laughs> then Star Trek finds all kinds of stuff floating around space where they shouldn't find it. Uh, yeah, we've got a signal on our, on our uh, sensors. It's rust. Why is there rust out here? You want to this, do a sponsor? This, oh, yeah. Let's do a sponsor. All right. This episode is brought to you by Bigger Pedals. They've got L's. Go buy an L. Go do it. Yeah. It's a reverb. You want it. Biggerpedals.com. If you don't want it, go there anyway. Get on the mailing list so you know when they do have something you The want. L is a delightfully simple, always on appropriate reverb. It's got a little bit of a spring splash character to it. It has a little bit of a light modulation going on, making it feel a little bit ethereal and sexy. Mm -hmm. But really, it really hits that always on, you always want it on reverb kind of thing. It's not over the top, like really killing you to death with reverb. It is killing not you to killing death. you to death with reverb. It is not like, oh, here's like an accurate representation of, you know, the hall that Elvis Presley recorded in or whatever. No, it's kind of modern. It's kind of vintage. It meets in the middle. It's really well balanced. And I just think it sounds great. The L is a fantastic reverb. So go check out demos, listen to audio samples, decide for yourself, and then bye, 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 baby. Bye, bye, bye. You got anything new, man? Yeah, uh, I'm apparently a local celebrity now. So I'm going to be in a telethon. <laughs> tomorrow as far as this episode airs on november 30th i'm gonna be live on the local abc station answering phones for the san diego's san diego feeding america yeah they telethon. uh they they hit us up because we did they we included them in that uh that charity drive we did when i had the extra jazz master mm -hmm, come in mm -hmm. and they were very surprised to start getting money from all over the world all at once and then tracked down why it was coming in. And so uh, they hit us up and like, Hey, you want to be on the telethon? And I was like, yes, I do want to be on a telethon. That sounds like a <laughs> lot of fun. Even though I don't really enjoy talking on the phone, it still sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and yeah. also I wanted to say, um, apparently November 30th is a time when a lot of companies out there, a lot of employers will match employee donations 
for charitable giving. So if you guys are making charitable donations on November 30th, tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the same thing that we did with the Jazzmaster giveaway. Email us your receipt to what is it? 60 cycle humcast contests. You, you, you find the email address. You send us an email address to this, to this address that Steve is about to say with a receipt of your charitable giving to any, Thing, to any organization if you want to do it to feeding america 60 cycle hum contests at gmail.com i'm gonna pick i'm gonna use a random number generator to pick three winners i'm not giving away a jazz master this time i'm gonna let you i'm gonna let the three winners pick a t-shirt each and i'm gonna give you each a t-shirt from our teespring store i know it's not a jazz master but if you're gonna give anyway you might win a shirt so how about that? What do you think, Steve? That sounds good to me. Yeah. And that does cost us money. Like shirts are not free for us. It's going to cost us probably 20 bucks a shirt. Yeah. To send them out to people. But I'm, I'm willing to do that. Cool. With the money that we get from Patreons. <laughs> hey, we're not at that part of the show yet. You have anything new, Steve? Yeah, I uh, I forgot about this. I could have talked about it last episode, but I won a radio contest. What? Uh, 91X, our local independent radio. Uh, independent since 1980-something. Well, except uh, for the clear channel years no, in between. I thought they were J-Core. Uh, whatever. I don't think they were clear channel, were they? I think they were. Oh, anyway. Um, they do a trivia show every morning. And you won the trivia and, show. And uh, we, my, my, will I'll listen to it when I drive into. If I have to take my daughter to school, we listen to ninety one X, and we are usually in the car when this trivia show comes on. So I, they, one day they're like, "Oh, if you ever want to be on the show, just text us." So I texted them, and they're like, "Oh, can you be on?" And I was like, "Sure." So I did it, and uh, and I ended up. So you have to either tie or beat the the DJ. Okay. Uh, and I tied the DJ because I got five out of five and she got five out of five. And I won $500 to Snow Jam, which already happened, which is a big snowboarding expo, which is super useful for me. Big time ski snowboard. Did guy. you go? I went. I got a, I just got like a snowboarding jacket because it does rain here. So it'll be useful for that. Um, and I met up with one of the guys uh, that we know. Uh, and basically, uh, he had, his buddy was there who had some kids. I was like, yeah, man, just buy your kids some clothes. It's cool. Whatever. Cause I'm wow. not, I wasn't going to use it. Uh, and then I won two tickets to a concert that was actually last night last night recording time. And I sold those. So <laughs> I looked at, I'm like, this wasn't a what, well, so big what, winner over here. Well, what's rough is, so I won it. And then the tickets are giving away. So that was for uh, lovely, the band and cannons. I'm sure there's some people listening who are like, oh man, you should have gone, but whatever. I didn't. The tickets they're giving away this week are for um dang it. Tears for Fears. Oh. And whoever Tears for Fears is touring with. Which is actually a bigger band, but I can't remember who it is. Tear Tears for Fears Tour 2022. Um come on. Shout. Let it all out. These are the things I can do without. Come on. I own a Tears for Fears record, I think. I bought it at a garage sale. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, you know that whole album and their whole thing starting out was them like being like, 
pop psychology nerds and like really the shouted out thing is all about primal screaming like trying to like scream out your problems and getting back to being like a, an infant or something like that and then really? like years later when they had weird when they had children they're like oh all those theories are bs none of this makes sense oh jeez <laughs> So they oh. they wrote all these songs about this pop psychology in sort of theory. San, in San Diego, they're uh, they're going to be playing with garbage, which would have been Are really, they really cool. Yeah, but the, you know that would be fun. Tears for Fears like, and garbage. The other thing is like lovely the band and cannons. Like I I could have gone by myself. I could have just found I don't know like someone to go with. I guess I kind of want to go to the Tears for Fears show. and garbage. Like who's it, headlining? It's a Tears for Fears. I think. But it's it, and that's also a few months away. So my wife and I could have found a sitter. It's in town. It's actually down in Chula Vista. Uh, so that's a cool one. But anyway, I wonder if my wife would go to that. I want a show. I want a radio show, guys. Good job, Steve. And I'm, they I'm said proud of you. they said anytime I want to be back on, I can just text them and be like, "Hey, what kind of questions are did they ask you? They ask you a Disney question because the DJ. So it's like a duo. It's Marty and Danielle in the morning. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if they are at the San Diego uh, Feeding America. Maybe. They could be celebrities for that because yeah. I know they do stuff with Feeding well, the America. Well, o- the office is down the street. Yeah. From um, where I'll be. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's for, right there. Um, so uh, they usually ask a Disneyland question or Disney question because Danielle was a cast member at Disney World. Okay. Uh, which is a fancy word for employee. Um, they usually ask some kind of... Uh, generate like a generational question. So it's usually a nineties question because mm-hmm. uh, that's the age of these people. Sure. Uh, they usually ask a, like a sports, like a local sports question, which lately has been Padres questions. Which oh boy. So I would pitching. lose. I would lose no matter um, what. The fourth question was, I don't remember, but I got that one. Oh, it was a 91 X question. It was what is resurrection Sunday? Oh, that's easy. Uh, and I th- technically, I think I sort of got it wrong because I I didn't say that people call in to request. But what I did throw in is it was a show started by Steve West, and they really loved that. There you go. Uh, and the last question was a lot of fun. Uh, All right, have you ever Steve heard West. of Have you ever heard the question? Uh, heard of the album Pisces Iscariot? No. Pisces Iscariot was a B side compilation uh, in 1994. Uh, and the only reason I knew the answer to this is because it said who released a 1994 album, Pisces Iscariot, which featured the single Landslide. Oh. This this is a Smashing Pumpkins. The Smashing Pumpkins. Covering, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, it's covering, the, covering the chicks. Uh, the dick... The, Fleetwood Mac. Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So uh, why were you why were you trying to hit Dixie Chicks? Because the Dixie Chicks also covered that. Oh, song. okay. And now they're the Chicks, right? They've, trying they've to dropped say, Dixie from their name. I couldn't get Stevie Nicks out of my head. It's not Stevie Nicks. It's it's and Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood was Mac. in there, but I couldn't make the words happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, it was fun. It was cool. I had a good time. Melissa uh, said I did a really good job. She said, "I sounded like I had a. I uh, sounded like I was comfortable on the radio, and I have a voice for radio. I think both which, of us which could is kind of, transition to being radio DJs just fine after doing this yeah. for eight years. Well, and that's why I told her, I'm like, well, I just had to like psych myself into podcast mode. Now, I don't. What I don't know with radio DJs is how do they do that for like four straight hours? That's that's kind of crazy. Well, they're not doing it nonstop. I guess not. They, 
Well, exactly I guess go. the morning shows kind yeah. of do music. The part that I would have trouble with is that they're not just doing that. They're not just talking. They're also managing uh, a lot of the hardware and, and you know, music and stuff that's going on. And they have a, have producers and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the job that they do behind the scenes would be very frustrating to me. Mm. Like, I like the sitting on a mic and talking thing. I like the idea of playing music, which they don't actually choose the music like they're you know there's a station programmer and stuff like but that you still got a you still got a time when you end and then right push right play and whatever no i think i could do all that sort of stuff but the, you know the i don't know i'm sure it's a much more complicated job than you just gotta, sitting and talking you gotta run contests and answer the phones you gotta go to feeding america <laughs> right right the thing i'm hoping for because in the email she said that uh there would be local celebrities and local like chefs and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm kind of hope sam the cooking guy is there that would be amazing yeah if sam the cooking guy is there i'm gonna try to become his friend to get him on this show i'm just saying i don't i doubt he cares about guitar stuff at all you never know i'm gonna be best friends with you sam the cooking guy hey let's do this next ad this was sent by adam miller we, we should probably do our second sponsor first you want, oh yeah and I then we should rush really. through the last two ads uh, all right uh, this episode's also not, I'm not groaning because it's about Chase Bliss. I'm groaning because I had already written down a timestamp. Okay. I'm so sorry, Steve. I know. I've got the Chase Bliss Bliss Factory here. Mm-hmm. It is a ZVEX Fuzz Factory melded together with all the crazy dip switch goodness of Chase Bliss and all the extra controls and presets and everything like that. I believe this pedal's a match made in heaven. Ooh. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. This is exactly what Chase Bliss should be doing. And I don't think these are available right now. They did a second run and I don't think they've done a third run yet, but maybe they will someday, which is why you need to get onto every social media they have and follow them so that you can stay up to date on everything Chase Bliss is doing. Get on their mailing list, like send Joel your phone number, write it down on a piece of paper and mail it to him just in case he feels like calling you to let you know when something's going to drop. That seems kind of <laughs> a little stalkery. Yeah, don't do that. That was made up. That was a joke. You should have a big enough sense of humor at this point in your life to understand when I'm joking. But anyways, yeah, follow them on social media. Stay up to date with everything going on with Chase Bliss Audio. They've always got something cool and exciting going on. And a lot of times when they drop new product, it sells out really quick. So if you want to get on it, you need to be following them. Chase Bliss Audio. They make pedals more creative than you are. Cool. What are you doing? I'm trying to make it to 55 minutes so I don't have to change this note. Close enough. Steve cares more about his notebooks than he does about the quality of the show. My notebook is the quality of the show. By the way, a while ago, I ramped it up to 125 beats per minute. Let's take it up to 130 now. Uh, this was sent by Adam Miller. This is a custom handcrafted electric guitar uh, from at Sandhill Six Strings. The body is dyed neon green and orange curly maple with black walnut layers with glow-in-the-dark crystal-centered strips on front and back. The neck dyed orange curly maple uh, with walnut fretboard and locking tuners. DiMarzio humbucker pickups um, and a lace sensor gold in the middle. The wiring has two push pulls, da, 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 some other stuff. This thing is $600. Dude. Are you surprised? No, it's been knocked down to $450. Yeah, I know. 
So when I first saw this, I was like, this is a wild home build. This is wacky. It looks like someone didn't know that you could make curved cuts with a bandsaw. But then I looked up the ad and I looked up the guy and he builds all kinds of guitars that look like this. Like he is a repeat of Fender. This is just his style. He's a repeat of Fender or a repeat of Gibsoner. Uh, <laughs> but he is fully capable of making totally normal guitars like this telly uh-huh. that we're both looking at. But then his style is these hyper angular mixed wood grain, colorful wood, colorful, like wooden pickup ring sorts of concepts. I like this green nightmare. It's very Nickelodeon. Like the body is Nickelodeon green slime with Nickelodeon orange appointments. I think I like these ones. There's a picture of several of them and some of them are like wood. I think I like, I think the wood ones I like less, but this green nightmare. The green one hits. That, that is a, that is a gem. Well, he's got some funky shapes here. Like these are curvy, but they're like, like, how do you even explain that? It's, yeah. it's like a lopsided supersonic where the, the horn portion gets really, really mm-hmm. fat and heavy. Mm-hmm. But then the butt end of the guitar gets anemic. These would pair well with that uh, the Z- the uh, Wiggy the PV Wiggy amp. Oh yeah, the Dweezil Zappa model. Um, now you know maybe you play these in person and they're just too weird. I'm noticing like the the pickup covers for the Demarzios just look like they might be tape. Uh, they um... might be kind of taped over. Yeah, you might be right on that. You're, I think you are right. Um, so that's kind of because you can see the magnets kind of poking the tape a little bit. I mean, you can buy pickups that are that color. Yeah, yeah. I just like the idea that they just he just took wood and it, I mean, I someone's I'm sure people are gonna be like lots of companies do that, uh, but just dyed the wood and then slapped a clear coat on top of it. I, I think that looks actually pretty like it's a kind of a unique. I don't think look. the dye is unique because that's what PRS does. They dye oh, okay. they dye in sand and then dye in sand to get their 3D effect. It is I don't know my rough interpretation finishing. of of how they get that quilty look. Um but this is kind of a quilty flamey green. I think the thing that makes it seem really different is that it's contrasting against the wood pickup mm-hmm. rings. And by the way, this is a humbucker, single humbucker, no Pepsi uh, layout here. <laughs> um, and they've made a pickup ring, a single pickup ring that goes around in an angular fashion around all three pickups. Yeah, that looks cool to me. I don't, I don't, like, there's some really creative things going on I, here. I don't even fully understand what's going on with this bridge. I've looked at it in a few different pictures and it, it looks really unique. Yeah, but is, did he build it or did he buy it and then paint it? It's it, like... The, well, I it it almost looks like the metal parts are milled, and then the outer part is, is just a different piece altogether. Right. I, it's really hard to tell, and it's got that he's got those glow in the dark crystals underneath it. it this is cool, man. This so is there, a cool there's a lot going on with this guitar and his other builds. Uh, my. I, and it's not perfect. His build is not perfect. Like you look at the back plate here and look at this weird gap. And there's there's things like that throughout. 
where things don't fit perfectly. Oh. Like, look at this weird gapping around the pickup rings there. Oh, deal breaker, deal breaker. But no, what I'm saying is, like, he's got some really wild, creative ideas, but the execution yeah. isn't 100%. Like, he's not fully a commercial well, builder yet. Well, that's why yet. it's only $450. He understands what his stuff is worth at that price point. Like a, a very unique person is going to buy this. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's making the next. I kind of doubt that he I is. Don't, I don't think they are. Um, I think what these are really destined for is a builder is going to steal some of this style. Not all of it because a lot of this doesn't work in a commercial sense. Mm-hmm. And like appealing to a wide consumer base. No, it's, it's really too angular. And I, I do wonder how comfortable it actually is to play. But there are certain things in here that I could see another... Oh, we're going up to one... Shoot, what'd you do? How are you going to take it to? Oh, shoot. He's scrolling at 168? Damn. Uh, there's certain elements in here that I could see other builders borrowing from. Yeah. Like the bottom horn does not work to me. No. That top horn is really close to working for me, but not with how it transitions into the lower bow. The bottom horn looks like a thumb. It does. It looks uh, a little suggestive in some ways. Uh, the the color contrast here really, really works. That neon green mm-hmm. against the orange and it's wood. There's something really fun about that. The angular nature of the bridge the, the concept of a monolithic pickup ring like that yeah. is really interesting. And I think done in certain ways could be very creative. I don't know. This guy's, he might be a tastemaker, mm. you know, he might be, he might be coming up with the look of the future, but it needs to get distilled down a little bit. That's kind of my instinct on this. Right. And like this, this other shape, this, this wild, big round shape is fun. Like I could, yeah, yeah. I could see that getting, I mean, it's almost a Talman shape, like a, like an original Talman. Oh and, I, yeah. I can kind of, and see this more saying. pointy take on, well, this more angular take on like a strat, like mm-hmm. that's not bad. That's close to something commercially viable. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I need to go back to Facebook and follow this guy. Cause he's doing some interesting stuff. All right. Next ad. Uh, yeah. This one can be yeah. nice and no, short. No, actually, let's do some housekeeping real quick. All right. Uh, if you want to help support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehomecast, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can uh, just help us out. Ryan's in the middle of uh, reformatting the studio space. Obviously, we got a lot of pedals to ship out still. We're at 200 beats per minute. We got a lot going on. Uh, so uh, just uh, check it out. You can look at what the benefits are for the different levels. No matter what level you donate at, you will get your name on a big old list at the end of the show. That's true. You can read your name every week. I hope I fixed Robert's name on the I, last I episode. Did, I did. I it's updated on the on the list. I think, okay. I'll just copy think, paste from the list. Yeah. So it should be fine. <laughs> he was being listed as as Robert Stevens or something like that. Robert Peter. Robert. Peter. I think I had. I think I went to delete an, an someone who had. Uh, been declined or canceled right, or right. whatever, and sorry, it, Peter. Ended up mixing. Do you delete people from that list? Is yeah. it always up to date with yeah. people who have left? Okay. Uh, relatively, yeah. Cool. I'm uh, always impressed with yeah. how many people are in there. Yeah. No, that's uh, we have a yeah. Anyway, 
You know, we if have people a, we have donate, a number. people join at all sorts of dollar levels. Like, there's no shame in doing one dollar. Yeah. Like it gets your name on the list. We've said it before and we'll say it again. If everyone who listens to the podcast oh, and everyone who gosh. watches the YouTube uh, don't uh, signed up for a Patreon at $1, uh, it would be basically uh, uh, life-changing. Re- It'd be a life-adjusting, maybe not life-changing in the sense of like winning the lotto, but it would certainly be a life-adjusting no, amount of money. If everyone who watched the YouTube pledged a dollar, we'd... You would be full time with me. That's the reality of no, it. No, I'm just saying if like watch, I would the, refuse to allow you to have a normal I'm job. I'm saying the pot. I'm saying the podcast, just the podcast. Oh, just the like podcast. That. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the Patreon does benefit uh, the rest of the channel no, I as know. well. Yeah. I know. But it is primarily if for the everyone podcast. who subscribed to the YouTube channel donated a dollar, then yeah, I I would not be working. I'm not talking a, about subscribed. I'm talking about watches. Mm. You, oh, okay. So you realize like, that the, the entire YouTube channel gets a half million views a month. But how over how many? Anyway, just, not the point. <laughs> Patreon.com. Even, if it's, the same, this, even yeah. if it's the same people watching five videos a month, that's 100,000. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting to know how many unique hits there are. There's probably somewhere in the analytics. Right, right. That would be... It's impossible to think in those terms for us because we are not, nowhere near anything like that. Yeah, this last ad was sent by Mojo Stump Boxes. It's a semi-finished charmed life. <laughs> what the? <laughs> this is a someone's body project that they started and then didn't finish, and they want 107.34 Australian dollary news for it. That's 15% off down from 126.28. This is so far from finished. You can't even call it a guitar body. This is basically $80. Uh, for $80, you could get a, like any number of 90 Squire bodies. Um, There's no reason for that price. I, I realize it has some kind of flamey, spalty maple on the back, but the front doesn't look like anything special. And the the it's not starting out as a standard shape. It's a unique shape. So it's not like you can drop down like a strap template on top of it and just start routing in your, your stuff. It kind of looks like an awkward neck pocket setup. It's too. absolutely an awkward neck par- pocket. I had no idea what neck that would take. It's kind of one of those more roundish Ibanez style. I mean, as it is, there is no neck. You're, yeah, there's no neck pocket, pocket per se, but there's, it's just the, the joint. There's where a the joint would be. There's a luscious lump there where where there will be a pocket. Well, you're gonna just what you're gonna do with this is you're gonna cut your pocket and then you're just gonna use a three screw. Uh, you're just gonna use three screws to lock your your neck into place. But even then, I, I you're right. It's it is like an Ibanez, like an Ibanez S. I mean, this thing is barely neck. even close to finish. You could square it off and make it any neck pocket that you want. <laughs> and like what's. Like, it looks like they started to route out the top to make it a semi-hollow and then changed their mind because they were also experimenting with, like, a an F-hole shape. And then they just did a big swoop across it to, like, scribble it out and be like, oh, never mind. Like, this thing is so far from finished. Oh, I bet I know what they were going to do. They were going to route out the whole body mm-hmm. to make it kind of a hybrid semi-hollow mm-hmm. then they were going to put a piece of wood on the top that matches that spalted flame on the back that's what they were going for so i found i just looked up the shop 
they sell a lot. I know exactly what this is. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, this is basically, I think, somebody who has some kind of shop. You can see the ads here. Yeah. Um, and maybe they are somehow affiliated with a. I'm getting a guitar fetish vibe. They're getting factory seconds, or they're, they're getting, getting factory they're getting blowout factory stuff. Factory seconds, factory. Bl- I mean, this first one that is a complete guitar is a logoless, right? Uh, Gibson ES one thirty five. Well, I saw like the Schecter Omen shape there, the the, uh, the Tysco ripoff. Oh, there this it is. One? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that this is someone who maybe is a. I I don't want to oh, name a brand, BC but it could be any there. number of brands. Some kind of ge- just generic. See, guitar you don't factory. have to worry. We're not going to piss off Samick. <laughs> is Samick in China now? I don't know. These, but... these uh, some of these shapes I definitely wow. recognize off of guitar fetish. Yeah, no, this is a guitar fetish type operation in Australia. Like, look, look, no, this is these are being sold out of China. That shape is wild. Yeah, these are being sold out of China. This isn't somebody who's like getting them in. Oh, the points broken on the top. That's a bummer. This isn't in. That's like a yeah. That's like a. This was like a. Like that's almost a Burns Bison sh- um, shape. There's a SG like maybe a SG. Well, that's a base. base. Yeah, SG base. Uh, some other kind. Some different other bases. Um, they've got just a bunch of some Ibanez parts. Uh, just random Ibanez parts. So maybe yeah, they're definitely it's some kind of someone who's affiliated with the Chinese factory. They're selling in China, out of. Uh, there's a city listed here. So this was destined Fong Shi, China. This was potentially destined to be a guitar, but that price is ridiculous, right? Oh, here we go. We're buying our guitars from local markets here in China. Most of our items are Japanese, Korean, Chinese made. We try to highlight cosmetic defects. So yeah, it's somebody who is, you know, these bodies for whatever reason are ending up locally. How much person. is how much is this? Eighty seven dollars plus forty dollars shipping. See, that's nearly complete. And it's a cool yeah. shape. Yeah. Why is that 86 and this is 107? Well, it's not 107. It's like. Right. It's. Uh, yeah, but I'm saying in, Aust- in relative dollary dues. Well, these are U.S. prices. Oh, those are U.S. prices. Oh. On well, my phone are U.S. prices. Now I understand. Yeah. So I'm trying to see if I can find that exact one. Maybe it's sold. Maybe they just took it down. I don't know. I mean, they had some like the... complete guitars for pretty cheap, right? Damn like, that! What was the shipping on that Schecter body? <laughs> it was forty dollars. So, so it, in total, it's one hundred twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I might have to seek that out. That was a fun shape. There it is. DIY semi finished guitar body. Seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy four. Seventy five. I can't imagine paying 75 US for this. Yeah, but, like, but I don't care what wood it is. Like, like you would have to really like sell me on like, no, you don't understand this wood. If it wasn't mangled, this chunk of wood would have been worth $400. Like you'd have to really sell me on that. And then like, you still have to salvage this thing and figure out yeah. how to get it to be what it's trying to it, be. It kind of just seems like everybody is basically priced exactly no the same thing yeah like the price variance is only a couple bucks across the board actually that one at 75 dollars is one of the cheapest ones most of these are about 88 dollars 87 88 dollars um so yeah i don't know you ready to play a song 
Yeah. All right. This How's is that going to work with this the metronome? We're just going to have to take it away. This is from Kyle Saloka. He says, hey, guys, I had a song here that I recorded back in 2017 before I knew anything about anything. The lyrics are a bit woke high school senior because I was a woke high school senior. This is the opening track from my album Into Available on Spotify and pretty much anywhere else. It's recorded using a lot of equipment and stuff. Nobody. Oh, that was Yeah, weird. nobody cares. I just dropped the metronome down to 70. It feels like my whole body slowed down. This is when I was in my prog face. Hope you hate it and think it sucks. If you have music that you think we'll hate, if you have made music that you'll think we hate. And definitely send so, it. Definitely send it to us. Uh, keep up the good works and honestly hope you and any of your listeners enjoy it. Uh, Jonathan Diaz, when I was on the effects loop, reminded me that he once sent us a song that was all about bears. Bears. Well, not just bears, they're penises, bear, which do bear. have a bone in them. And he said that that was like inspired from a. Yes. Something that you did. It was inspired from us sharing an Airbnb together at. Uh, a summer name a couple years ago and I couldn't stop talking about bear dicks the whole time you know me you know I'm like that
like the tag on a chorus. So repeat. influence there like like you could like i mean if this was a if this was a pizza the cheese is just rush (laughs) that's a huge part of the ingredient there uh but man it's towards the end there like really strong psychedelic like influences coming in yeah um and by psychedelic i I don't mean progressive psychedelic i mean like garage rock psychedelic Mm -hmm. like like 13th floor elevators jefferson airplane that sort of psychedelic um, there are little parts where, I mean, it was all very well done. Like, congratulations. That's like, I mean, I, I don't think you're reinventing the wheel at all. You're very much doing a period piece, but it was all very well done. I thought, yeah, yeah. there are little parts where I'm, I'm catching interesting things that background guitars are doing. Like there was a part where there's this really fast vibrato going on, like a vibrato effect. And that was really cool. And then it was like, you didn't hear it again. Like it was in, just in one part. I think like 
you know, that was, you know, an ADD person's dream song right there. <laughs> it changes every 30 seconds. <laughs> but like that, that portion where it was a very simple guitar solo, mm-hmm. like this repeating kind of little phrase. And then the moment that ended, it dumped into this hyped up tempo oh, yeah. of the song. It didn't waste time on transitions. That, it, went, it got right down. That was a really fun transition. Like if I heard that on a song on the radio and I was driving and be like, oh, here comes the part I'm about to get a speeding ticket, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, Steve, what did you think about recording a podcast to a click? I kind of didn't really notice it. Yeah, it kind of disappeared after a while. I'm interested when I edit this and listen back to it to see if like we have like a rhythm to us or like a vibe. What did you guys, the audience think? Did you catch that we were like keeping a pace differently? I don't know. We did was a long episode, so. We'll oh, it was. It was 120. It definitely didn't make us go faster. No. All right. Bye, everyone. Stay grounded. <laughs>